It's a very special week for us as a church because it's, it's our anniversary week. You know, it was on January 14 of 2014, we had a service at New Bedford High School. And that night, our pastors commissioned us to come into New Bedford and to start this, this, this plant and this journey. And then on January 19th of that same year, we had our first Sunday morning service at Keith Middle School. No idea who was going to show up. Showed up with our trailers, set up the place, prayed, believed. And let's see what happens. And I remember when the service was over, I got the usher card. It was like, there was 78 people there. And we were like, we're on our way. <laughs> we're on our way. I will never forget that number, 78. You know, and here we are, nine years later, celebrating all that the Lord has done. Come on, has he been good to us the last nine years? So we had to have our pastors here with us today. It was only right to bring them back anniversary weekend to come and, and, and speak life into us and celebrate because we are a byproduct of their labor for over 30 years in Rhode Island and Massachusetts and pioneering the way and leading the way and we wouldn't be who we are without our pastors, and we're so thankful that we have amazing spiritual moms and dads to be able to lead us the right way, the kingdom way. And so today, it's an honor to be able to have Pastor Stephen, Pastor Nancy with us. Can we show him some love this morning? <laughs> Pastor Steve is going to come and share the word with us. Let's welcome him. All right, let's stay standing just for a second. Such a delight for Nancy and I to be here. I was looking forward to it really all week, and then last night I just started getting real excited. And to come here and to feel the presence of the Lord, just so real. There's fresh bread in this house. Fresh bread. It's not stale. It's not man's bread, it's bread from heaven. And it's what makes you healthy and strong. And out of that comes everything else. Out of that comes everything else. You know, uh, I, I know Pastor Nancy could give a prophetic word here, but I'll give it for her because um, I'm prophetic too, you know. <laughs> but you don't need to be a prophet to give this word, and that is that this place is going to grow. You, 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 I don't know what you're going to do. You have major problems here. You have major problems. Um, but, but Pastor Marco, I don't know what you feel about six or seven services on Sunday, three or four on Saturday. <laughs> huh? Amen. Amen. We, 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 I, but I, I see it and I can feel it. I can sense it. We, we just have to stay humble before the Lord because people are going to get healed. People are going to run out of here and start to tell families and friends and workplaces and so forth what happened to me in the presence of God. 
because it's real and it's fresh. So Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this place, for your goodness and your grace. We thank you, God, that your presence is here mighty. And I do pray, God, that there would be healing in this house today, God. Restoration, God. Strength, we pray. We do pray, God, for growth and increase. We believe, God, that many, many people are going to come to know the Lord this year in a mighty, mighty way. A wave of revival, oh God. Wave after wave of revival sweeping through this place, oh God. We just ask you, God, anoint this word today. Anoint our ears and our hearts, Lord, that we might be able to hear, receive, and grow in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen. And amen. Slap high five with four or five people before you're seated. Really beautiful spirit here. I love the power of God. I love the power of God. I'm going to leave my Bible right there. Um, <clears throat> you know, a, I hope you guys can see the verses that go up on, on the overhead. I want to, I want to welcome in uh, Brockton. God bless you guys. Good to be with you. And Fall River. God bless you guys. And so um, I, I really believe let's take over the whole state. What's next? Boston. Amen. But you know, every church should be a church that understands that uh, our strength comes from discipleship, not from evangelism. Evangelism is a byproduct of healthy disciples. And so as we get strong, as we hear the word of God, it's not a little light word that kind of tickles our fancy. And because I want to teach today a strong word, I want you to, I want you to hear a strong word. And, and I do know that Pastor Marco teaches every Sunday strong to you, so you're discipled. And out of that comes growth. Out of that comes evangelism. Amen? So I want to begin by, by, by speaking this truth that everything is very spiritual. But, but God is, is way more spiritual than we think he is. God is way, way more spiritual than we think he is. And the devil's job is to try to make us think God's not spiritual. The devil's job is to try to make us think God is just natural. He's like us, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, he's fine. Uh, but, but I want you to know, God is very, very spiritual, which is good news for us, because we can be that too, amen? Before this place gets too quiet on me, it, we're like, oh no, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> And, and God's word is very, very important to him. What he says is how it is. What God says and how he says everything is going to work <clears throat> is how everything is going to work. God says it and that's it. And, and, and we keep wanting to kind of mix a little bit of this and a little bit of that in there. But, but we do it to our own detriment. Because God wants us to understand truth. And it's very important to God. Very important to God. And so, the way God says things work, that's how they work. 
And God does not budge off of those things. For instance, for instance, when God says, honor your father and mother, in that is the blessings, in that is long life. Honor your father, father and mother. See, we want to say, yeah, well, you don't know my father. Well, you don't know my mother. You don't know, you know my, my upbringing and so forth. But, 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 but what, what God is saying is, look, this is where the blessings will come. And this is the truth. Honor. And so God will not move off of that. He doesn't care who your father is. He doesn't care who your mother is. God knows everything and all of creation, all of, of, of the entire universe comes out of God and God is saying, honor your father and your mother. So many other spiritual truths. We, 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 to our demise, to our, our detriment, we pass over them. Forgive one another as I've forgiven you. Forgive others their trespasses and you'll be forgiven. We pass over that. You know, I'm not going to forgive. You don't know what they did. You don't know how they are. You don't know. You haven't heard the whole story. You haven't, okay, well then you have to live over here in your own set of laws, in your own universe, and you be God. Because over here, God is saying, no, this is how it is. Period. Period. Now, my, my father was a very flawed guy. And it took me years and years to figure out that God is not asking me about my father. He's telling me, I want you to honor. See, you don't have to know everything. But as I got older, I began to understand that my father was raised by his father, my grandfather, who died at 55 years old because his, his, his liver was gone. He, he was such an alcoholic. He was drunk every day. He spent all of their money on, on drinking. He was drunk every day, and he was a violent drunk. So he would come home. My dad used to tell me he, him and his brother would run under the bed, way under the bed so that his father couldn't get him because he was a violent drunk, and he would beat him every day, every night. They had no money. I mean, they had no shoes. They had no clothes. They had no money. They lived in the hills of West Virginia where my grandfather was a stumbling drop dead drunk every day and would beat my father. And so out of that, God says to me, how would you be if that was your dad? Don't worry about how your father is. Don't worry that these issues are, are the issues. That you're... In other words, I'm telling you, honor your father, even if you don't know any of that. Even if you don't know any of that stuff, even if you don't know all the background, even if you're not the smartest person, if you don't have all the intelligence in the universe, don't worry, I do, and I'm telling you, this is the way to do it. Honor your father and your mother. I might, I might camp on this a, a, a little bit here, but, but really what I want us to understand is that all of the truths that God gives us in his word, he really means them. And, and he's not going to move off of them. And, and what happens is when, when, we, when we live in a weak church, in a weak Christianity, we mix in all of the things we think that this is the way it should be. I mean, I would honor him, but you know what? He's this and that and the other. I don't even, I don't even care. I don't even, I, don't even, I, you know, I, I hope he dies. I hope he this. I hope he, we don't realize, shut your mouth Get over here under what God said. You don't have to understand everything. He does. And he's very, very spiritual. Very spiritual. 
It says this in Exodus, the 15th chapter. This is Moses. He's talking to the people and he says, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes. Now, this verse is repeated a hundred times in Scripture. I mean, over and over and over, almost exactly the way you see it here. This is how we have to listen to God. And the Bible is talking, these words are not enough to really understand the full, the full brunt of what carefully really means. But carefully means diligently seek, learn, understand the voice of God, the ways of God, the word of God, the will of God. Carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what's right in his eyes. And if you pay careful attention to his commands, to his truths, his decrees, his principles, his word, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And what this is saying is, you may not understand everything that there is to know about these truths, but if you would hear God and step into them and say, you know, I'm going to do what God asked me to do. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to honor God. He says that to stay in unity with one another, I'm going to stay in unity. I'm not going to bring division. I'm not going to bring gossip. I'm not going to do these different things. Why? Because God said not to. That's why. Well, do you understand every, all the impl- No, I don't. I don't. But I do know this. God is very, very spiritual. And when I stand over here and I say, God, I honor my father and my mother, God is saying, I'll work with that. But, but I want you to pay him back. I want you to fix him. I want you to turn him around. I want you to get him, God. I want you to forget all that. Stay over here. Honor your father and mother. I'll work on this other thing. Can you say amen? Carefully, diligently attend to the word of God. Jesus says this in Matthew, the fifth chapter. He says, I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen who by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And Jesus is saying this, the, the, the heavens and earth will pass away before my word would change. In other words, it's not going to change. Not one micron of my word is going to change unless gravity changes, unless the sun melts, unless you see the heavens disappear. That's not going to happen. It, my word will be my word forever and ever. They're the laws of God. Whether you agree with them or not. <laughs> Listen, whether you know the laws of God or not, it's just how everything works. People don't realize what, why they are under the sicknesses and the, and, the, and the bondages and all the different junks that's going on in their life, like the, you know, it says here, like the Egyptians. This is talking about the, the, the destructive nature of man. That's the type of the destructive nature of man in Egypt and so forth. I don't have to live there. I don't have to live there. But I will if I don't understand this is what's going on. And people don't realize I dishonor. I don't do this. I don't care about that. I, I don't forgive. But I, I can't figure out why my life... I'm struggling with emotional this. I'm struggling with physical that. I can't, I can't get out of this. I'm, I'm, I'm in a financial mess. Of that. I don't understand why my life is... Because God is saying, this is my word. This is how it works, whether you know it or not. 
whether you agree with it or not. Thank God we come into the house of the Lord and we say, teach us the word of God so that we may live and prosper and be blessed. Amen? I need to know. I need somebody to tell me, son, I don't care about your dad. I'm telling you, honor your father and mother. Honor them. It's big to God for some reason. I want to I bring you to some verses real quick that will point out to you the fact that God's word is true. It's how he thinks. It's what he believes. It's immediate and it's immovable. It cannot change. You remember uh, in uh, the very beginning, God told Adam and Eve, don't eat of that tree. You can have, eat of all the different trees, but don't eat of that one. Well, guess what? The devil comes along and says, can, can God be serious? Can he be serious? And so they eat of the tree and boom, they slide into sin and the whole world slides into sin with them. And now here we are thousands of years later and people might say, you mean to tell me because of one guy ate of the tree, he wasn't supposed to eat, this whole thing happened? Yes. God's very, very spiritual. When he said don't eat, he meant don't eat. Period. Amen? So we have to get this understanding of God. And then, and then a little further down, you see Cain brought an offering, a sacrificial offering to the Lord, and it was all vegetables. The most beautiful vegetables in the world. Pomegranates and coconuts and th- wild things, you know, avocados. And he had all these wonderful, perhaps. And, and, and he brings that to the Lord, and the Lord rejects it. Because his word says, without the shedding of blood, see, Abel brought, sacrificed the, his, his, from his flock. And the Lord says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. I will receive the offering that has the shedding of blood. So Cain is like, but, 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 I don't, have you checked this stuff out? This is the best of the best. God says, I reject it. I reject it. See, but we want to say, but wait a second, hold on, hold on. I mean, we want to mix a little bit of Cain in with a little bit of God and say, God, come on, I, Look, he's trying his best. It's just not how it works. It's just not how it works. God's, God is very, very spiritual. Amen? But look at this verse. It's in Genesis, the ninth chapter. It's Ham, who is Noah's son. And uh, Noah, after the great flood, he, he drank some of the wine from his vineyard, and he was drunk. He's laying in his tent with no clothes on. And it says this, um, when Noah awoke from his wine, he found out what his youngest son had done to him. Now what happened was Ham walked, uh, Ham walked into the tent and he saw Noah with no clothes on and he goes back outside and he says to his brothers, Shem and Japheth, he says, dad's in there with no clothes on. And so the two brothers, they took a cloth and they walked backwards into the tent and the Bible says they turned their, their gaze so they would not see their father's nakedness. And they laid the blanket down over their dad. And then they walked out. They walked in backwards. They never looked. They laid the blanket down. They walked out. Noah arises from his stupor, his, his sleep and so forth. And he found out what his youngest son had done to him. And he said, cursed be Canaan, the lowest of the slaves will he be to his brothers. Canaan was Ham's son. Noah says the grandson will serve the other grandsons. You will now not prosper except under these guys. He brings a curse. And 
you know, you and I might say, but, but, but wait a second, Noah was drunk. Yeah, you dishonored him. Well, he was in there naked. Yeah, you dishonored him. When you went out and you blabbed it to your brothers, you dishonored him. And so, so all of my grandchildren now are going to be cursed. We, we, we have to understand, God is trying to teach us his word is immovable. It's powerful. He's fixed on it, and he's very spiritual. Amen? That is what he's going to bless. You go a little bit further in Numbers, the 12th chapter, you see Miriam. She is Moses' sister, and Aaron's sister, Miriam. And, he, and she says this to, 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 to Aaron. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Now, Miriam was a prophetess. Obviously, God spoke through her. Aaron was the mouthpiece for the, for the trio of them. Obviously, God spoke through Aaron. But she says, Has he, hasn't he only, spoke, has he only spoken through Moses? He says, hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. And he called the three of them into the tent. Now, you have to understand this. God senses this dishonor on Miriam. He senses this dishonor on Miriam. What he doesn't explain to Miriam in, in, in the midst of all this is, listen, I chose Moses, the meekest of all my servants. I speak to him face to face. Now, he says this to them in the tent. I speak to my other servants through dreams and visions, but I speak to Moses face to face. But when I called him to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt, all of the Israelites were under bondage and slavery. All the children were under slavery. Child slavery. All the women were being abused. It was brutal. It's how the Egyptians built the pyramids. It was, it was on the backs of the Jews. God doesn't, God doesn't have to explain all of that. He just says, this is the guy I chose. And you're dishonoring him. You're dishonoring him. And the Bible says the fury of the Lord lifted off the tent. And there was Miriam, leprous filled with leprosy and God said put her outside the tent for a week now she, she did get because he, he had Moses pray for her but, but what we have to understand is God this harsh obviously God speaks through others not just Moses but it was what are you saying here you're dishonoring him you're dishonoring Moses and this is, brings the curse. I'll show you one more verse in, in Acts, the, the 12th chapter. Here's Herod. It says, on the appointed day, are you, you have this on the overhead? On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robe, sat on the throne and delivered a public address to the people. And they shouted, this is the voice of a God, not a man. And immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and he died. Can this be the New Testament, church? Can, are you understanding that God is saying, I'm very spiritual. I'm everything is very spiritual. I'm involved in all of this. And now the people are shouting out to Herod, I can't believe the speech. Oh my goodness, you're like a God. And Herod is like, well, <laughs> I do have my royal robes on. You know, 
I, I, I do, you know, I, I did work on it, I have to say, you know, it was powerful, you know. I'm not saying I'm a God, <laughs> you did, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, but God saw that in his heart, and he said, you know what, before we get this thing going, this has to be pointed out. You cannot take the glory of God, you cannot take the honor that is due God. And, and I bring into these verses because, because a lot of times we read over this stuff and we think, you know what? They ate of the tree, you know, I can't see it's that big of a deal. You know, Cain brings vegetables, no, I can't see it's that big of a deal. Miriam says, you know, you're the only one that speaks through Pastor Marco, you know. <laughs> Kidding. How about Ananias and Sapphira in the, in the fifth chapter of Acts? They sell a piece of property. It was theirs, but they, they, people were bringing in uh, financial gifts to the churches. It was just getting going and so forth. The Ananias and Sapphira, they, they keep back part of the money and they agree. Let's just tell them we, we got this much. We got the whole, you know, give them the whole thing, and, but we'll keep back part of the money. So Ananias goes in there and Peter says, why are you choosing to lie to the Holy Spirit? Did, did you, is this all you uh, sold the property for? Yeah, that's it. That's the total amount. Ananias drops dead. He lied to the Holy Spirit, he drops dead. Uh, uh, three hours later, his wife comes walking in and Peter says, let me ask you, did you sell the property for this much and, and you're bringing the whole thing? And she said, yeah, absolutely. She drops dead. It's in the book of Acts. It's in the New Testament. What you have to understand is a lot of this stuff is at the very beginning of things. It's the very beginning. It's the beginning in the garden. It's the beginning of offering sacrifices. It's the beginning of Israel coming out into uh, uh, the promised land. It's the beginning of the church just starting. God is saying, we're going to start this thing, but we're not going to start it with sin. We're not going to start it with sin. I'll give you one more. It's in 1 Corinthians. It says this, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. Paul the Apostle is saying, when you eat and drink communion, when you have communion and you don't consider it a holy thing, that's why many of you are sick and weak, feeble, and some have even died before their time. Can that be? Is communion that holy? Does God look at it like it's that powerful of a thing? See, we have to understand, we have, to our own detriment, diminished down the word of God. Now, unity is not that big a deal. Gossip's not that big a deal. Dishonoring people's not that big a deal. I remember one time I was praying, and I was in the sanctuary, and I'm telling you, I heard the voice of the Lord. I could tell you exactly, I could bring you to the spot exactly where I was when I was praying. And I was saying, God, bring revival to the church. Bring revival to the church, God. Bring revival to the church. And I heard God say, the heavens are shut. I'm saying. And, and God said, it's because the pastors are speaking evil about each other. And I said to the Lord, uh, I don't know, God, I, 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 I constantly am working on unity. I'm constantly reaching out. We're constantly having other ministries over. I'm constantly doing this. I'm constantly... Now, here's my self-righteousness, thinking maybe God doesn't have it right. I'm constantly doing this, God. And I heard God say, I'm talking about behind closed doors. And all of a sudden, I had in my mind's eye, me standing with some of my guys saying, you know, that church over there, you know what, let me just say this. 
and, and rolling my eyes, a little bit like Miriam, you know. That guy thinks he's the only one who hears God. <laughs> and God showed me a picture of dishonoring the other ministries behind closed doors just with my guys. And, 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 and trying to be the guy that's unity and so forth. And I'll tell you, I had to repent. I had to repent to them. I gathered our, our church leaders together and I repented to them. And I said, this will not come out of my mouth. Can I tell you something, church? We think nothing of criticizing all kinds of ministry people. Joyce Meyer or Joel Osteen or, or this one or that one or, 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 or this church or that church. I tell you, I, I, I think if we could only see that there's a reason why we're sick and feeble and, 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 and can't get it together in the church, the light in the church is dull, but it's because we don't understand God is a holy God. And he's very, very spiritual. He's very spiritual. I mean, these verses in here are kind of shocking, aren't they? They're kind of shocking. So I just want to give us this, this understanding as to why I think uh, we allow these, these truths that are so powerful to be diminished in our minds because we don't think God's that spiritual. We don't think his word is that strong. We don't think God's word is that miraculous power-filled word, we water it down. We mix it with ours. And let me just show you this diagram. Here's God, and under God are all these, um, are all these uh, you know, the surrounding portions of God, his glory and his goodness. Now, you could say his, his, his love and his goodness is his love, his love is his goodness. You know, these are, these are big categories. Surrounding God is his glory, his goodness, but also truth. Truth comes from God. All truth comes through God. The principles, the laws that we live in, the laws that he teaches us. And in, in, under that is the, uh, is the church. Okay? The kingdom is in and surrounding and up and tucked in with the Lord is the church. And with that are his blessings. Okay, are you getting a picture of this? This here is a reality that we can live in. You guys can see that on that screen? Uh, but, but there's another reality. There's an influence. There's an influence. And it's from these people over here that believe that there's no God. There's no God. These people are, are, are people of unbelief. They're un unbelief. Um, natural. Minded. I could even put here mocking things that are not natural minded. Peer pressure. Okay? Now, this is the people that don't believe in God, don't believe there's such a thing as God, and we're going to live over here in this lie. And then there, there's another uh, influence, and it's man's religion. Man's religion. In man's religion, it's, it's uh, you're the center. Man-centric. You're the best. You're, you're the most awesome. It's your truth. Okay? It's your truth. Uh, but in man's religion, where you're the king, 
and, and, and God serves you and in this world and the universe and everything and, and you know you can you can overcome you you could be the best you're awesome you are really awesome did we mention how awesome you are you're awesome and then uh, but these people here they don't believe in sin there's no sin there's no hell there's no consequences there's no repentance there's no repentance now, why this matters to us, why this matters to us is because all of this junk leaks over into the rest of society. All of this junk leaks over. And I want you to understand what happens here is, is that even people that believe in God that, but have drifted away from being tucked up in his truth, tucked up in his, his goodness, tucked up close to his word, you know, I'm going to honor my father and mother. I'm going to honor my father and mother. All the people that are not tucked up, we, we end up drifting away from God. We end up drifting down here. And so uh, down here is where we find the government. Here's, here's perhaps family, uh, church, society. We, we find the people that should be up here, we find them drifted down here. And what happens is all this stuff now becomes mixed in. So we have this, we have this diluted understanding of God and his truth. Because we're, we have a lot of this no God stuff leaking in. You know, we, 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 we don't care what God says about marriage. Here's what we say about marriage. And it comes into the church. We don't care what, what God says about sex, or morality, or immorality, we, we, we're hearing from this whole crew of people that are putting a lot of peer pressure on us, and it leaks in. And all this stuff over here, this is my truth. This is my truth. You think God cares about a piece of paper? I don't know, have you checked with him? You think God cares... You think God cares about who's in my bedroom? Well, the Bible does talk an awful lot about who's in your bedroom. It talks an awful lot about that. But you see, you want God to move off. And I'm I'm, I showed you all those scriptures there, which, which seem almost ridiculous, borderline on ridiculous. God says, I'm not moving off of it. And yet, these truths that we should have as strong, powerful truths that we live in. And when I tell you something, church, we need to tuck up here in God and say, you know what? I don't need to know everything that there is to know about forgiveness. I just need to forgive. I don't need to know everything there is to know about honor. I just need to honor. I don't need to know everything there is to know about unity. I just need to press for unity, press for peace. Press for purity. Now, what's so awesome about this is you say, well, who could ever live up to this standby? I want you to know this is where the holiness of God is. Come up here. This is where the grace of God is. And, and, and with these people, they don't have any such thing as repentance. You need to live in repentance. And this is where the church gets tender. This is where the church gets soft. This is where the church stays humble. Because I'm not denying the word of God. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, that, that because I don't do it, that God is wrong. I'm saying I don't do it. God, forgive me. Help me, God. Put your mercy on me. 
Put your power on me. I'm struggling, God, to honor my father and mother. I can't get over some of the stuff that happened in my life, God. I'm ha- help me, God. I'm not going to deny the honor. I'm going to come under and say, God, help me. Give me your grace. See, I tell you, that, that's when the church can stay tender. We don't have the pride over here that these people have. Filled with pride. This is who we are. And if God doesn't like it, take it up with him when I get up there. Get up to the big golf course in the sky. There is no golf course in the sky. There is such brilliance and brightness with thousands, the Bible says, times 10,000 angels bowing before the Lord and a mighty roar of praise and glory. There is no golf course in the sky. You need to know when God says, this is my word, walk in it. He's not moving off of that. Well, here's the thing. I don't blame the church for being weak. I don't blame the church for having all this junk in it. I don't blame the church for having to believe there's no such thing as sin or no such thing as hell or no such thing as, you know, truth. I don't blame the church because the pastors will run down here to get the congregation. Pastors should be up here saying, no, I'm going to stick with God. But instead, they run down here. And we all got to run down there. We all got to be cool like the rest of the world is cool. You know, there's nothing worse than a pastor trying to be cool. See this leather jacket? It's just like the leather jacket I saw on a cool guy. So I bought it. See these tats? Yeah, they're just like a cool guy I saw that had tats. So I got tats. Now I'm cool. I'm running down here to get all these people that don't live up here. I'm running down here because I need a congregation. I'm being real cynical here. I, I need you to run with me here. I need you to come with me here. All of a sudden, the church has to, has to become cool, but it's dull. There's no healing. There's no power. There's no humility. There's no grace. There's nothing happening that, that just should be happening. And there's no blessings. There's no blessings. We can't figure out why we're in a desert place. But we're down here, and the pastors are down here, and the churches are down Thank God for this house. I just want you to know, thank God for this house. Thank God for this house. We are not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. We're not ashamed of truth. We're not ashamed of purity. We're not ashamed of marriage. We're not ashamed of men and women. We believe that God is true. Let every man be a liar. But God is true. And we don't have to run down here. We gotta come up here. And can I tell you something, church? The whole world wants the church to live up here. The whole world wants the church to live. Now, we can mock these people all you want, but you know something? There's miracles that are happening there. Their families are powerful. Their kids are powerful. Their kids are gifted. They're up here. I need that. I'll tell you what I don't need is to come down here and to have a stupid leather jacket. With a, and I have leather jackets. I don't want to say they're all stupid. But, 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 but they're holy. I have a Harley, but at least I know how to ride it. (laughs) 
The problem with this is there's no power in this. There's no attraction to it. The world is not drawn to a dull wannabe church. And all of this junk that is bleeding in. Can I tell you something? God says, come up here. I will protect you. I will help you. I will heal you. I will walk with you. I know you're struggling. Stay humble. Stay repentant. I'll put my mercy and my grace over you. Amen. Amen. God does not change. God does not change. He's very, very spiritual. And so when I bring my lack of ability to forgive people, and I say, God, I'm struggling with this, struggling with this bitterness. Help me, God. I'm not asking you to, 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 to pass over. And I'm not saying you, you wouldn't forgive me. I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is say, God, help me with this. And God says, I want to show you something about sin. I want to show you something about that person. I want to show you something about how we are impacted by the surroundings. I want to show you something. And all of a sudden, I mean, God will give you a revelation of what sin does to people and screws them up. And then we hate them when, in fact, it was sin all along. Now, why this matters is because to our own detriment, to our own detriment, we let the truths of God be diminished into nothing. And then secondly, living in the principles of God is the highest form of life. Living up here in the principles of God is the highest form of life. And we have to check ourselves. We have to check ourselves. Because sometimes I'll see, you know, this thing going on with Hillsong. Oh, now, Hillsong, you know, you know, the thing about Hillsong. And I'll check myself. Say, you know what, God, let me pray. Whatever's going on, and however it's happening, God, I just want to pray, Lord. I, I want to keep my heart pure. And it's not that I don't have a brain. I have a brain. I'm saying, God, how did that happen? How does this happen? But I'm not going to dishonor things I don't know anything about. The Bible says that when Michael, the archangel, was struggling with uh, the devil for the body of Moses, you read it in the book of Jude, it's kind of an uh, obscure passage. It says not even Michael would, would, uh, would uh, uh, accuse the devil, but he said, may the Lord rebuke you. May the Lord rebuke you, because he would not dishonor a celestial being. He says, but these people, they, they're like brute beasts. They're like, they're like instinctual animals that have no no uh, understanding whatsoever of the spirit realm. They're, they're abusing and uh, criticizing everybody. The apostles, the church, the doctrine, all kinds of things. Jude says they have no idea. They're like brute beasts. They have no concept whatsoever. And then thirdly, the reason this matters is because um, living in the principles of God is very bright. It's very powerful. And people will be drawn to that. Now, I want, I want to close just by telling you some very spiritual truths that God's not going to move off of. Worship is one of them. It is a very, very spiritual thing. You might not understand everything there is to understand about worship, but begin to carefully follow the word of the Lord. Carefully look into what is worship. Why do we worship why does God want us to sing? It's not the, 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 it's not the, I mean, worship was awesome, but it's not from these people out and up. It's from us and our hearts up to the Lord. It's very, very powerful. And when you read in the book of Psalms, where God says to us over and over and over again, shout 
unto the Lord. Lift up your voice. Rejoice in God. Praise him. Dance. Clap your hands. Bow before him. It's very, very spiritual and God is not going to move off of it. And you can, you can be a, a, a casual Christian that just kind of likes the music a little bit, but you don't understand. You're living down here in Egypt with all kinds of junk. Come up here and say, wait a second. You know, sometimes I just say to, to, to churches, listen, you're not, you're not kindergartners. This is not second grade. Oh, I just got saved, you know, 10 years ago. You're not in second grade. You could be saved six months and be worshiping God from the depths of your heart and revelation and all kinds of powerful stuff. Prayer is very, very powerful. I want you to know something. We might not understand everything there is to understand about prayer, but God says ask. You have not because you ask not. You have to ask. Well, the Bible says he knows what we need before we even ask. It's true. But he says ask. You have not because you ask not. Prayer is very, very powerful. Very important. Do you know that, you know that God says to the men that if you don't respect your wife because she's, you know, she's fearful. The Bible talks about you know, women, don't be fearful. Be strong. Be bold. Don't be fearful. But men... If you disrespect your wives because they're the weaker vessels, you know, can't get into even talking about this stuff in the modern society. But I thank God that I have my wife and that she's under my protection and I stand up for her. That, that, that I, you know, if the bear comes through the window, I'm the guy that this bear is going to meet. I'm, I thank God for that. But if, but if I disrespect her because of fear or because of she's a little bit concerned about this or worried about that or this, that, if I disrespect her, the Bible says my prayers are unlistened to. Husbands, prayer is very, very important. But you, gotta dis, you can't disrespect your wife. You've got you to respect your wife. Unity is very, very powerful. Forgiveness is very, very powerful. Very, very important to God. We can have the keys. Band come up. Sacrificial giving. Can I tell you something, church? We have to, we have to, like I said, we have to grow up and understand that these are the truths we need to hear. These are the truths we need to live in. I mean, I, I want to know what, what are spiritual dreams? What, what are angels? What, what does happen in heaven? You know, what, what is the prophetic realm? You know, you hear about the prophetic realm and, 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 and you look in the book of Isaiah, you listen to, you think about people like Elijah and Elisha. And so what, what, what is all these things? I need to know that we can't be first graders in church. We have to understand the word of God is very powerful, very important. And he's not going to move away from this stuff just because we want God to live down here with us. God, we don't need to know all that stuff. Come on, put on a leather jacket and give us the sermon, God's awesome and you're awesome. You're awesome. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Uh, you're awesome. We're going to start a new series next week. It's going to be entitled, You Are Awesome. God's the big awesome. You're the little awesome. It's going to be a 15-week series of how much God really is thrilled with how awesome everyone is. We're going to roll out the red carpet. We're not even going to talk about sin. We're not even going to talk about the offering. 
We're not going to talk about unity. We're not going to talk about purity. We're not going to talk about immorality. We're not going to talk about fornication. We're not going to address anything that's going on in the world because we're down here and you're awesome. What happens is God says, give me a call when you're back over here under my word, under my power, under my healing. Lord, we want to know about miracles. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I want to, I want to know about that, God. How does that happen? The Bible says, is any of you among you sick? Call for the elders. Two or three agree is touching anything. Let it happen in the house. Let it happen in the church. Somebody has a lump on their breast or a bad report from the doctor. Bring them down here. We believe in miracles. We believe in power. We believe that God says, I am your healer. I am your healer. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, I ask you, God, Lord, to keep our hearts tender, to open our eyes. Lord, that we might search you out, God, and hear your word to us. Hear your truth to us, God. Lord, I pray, God, that we would not diminish your word, but we would yearn, seek it, learn it, walk in it. I pray, God, for every person that's here. Lord, I pray, God, that we're in a good church with fresh bread, strong word, strong truth. But, God, we don't, we don't walk away and diminish it, God. We take it to heart. We say, Holy Spirit, help us, God. Help us, God, to have it, to hear it, to learn it, to walk in it, we pray. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray, God, that it would be spiritual. I pray, God, that they would press into the things of God, into your power, into your miracles, oh God. And I know, God, this year, Lord, the church is going to grow and grow and grow. We thank you for that, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said amen and amen. Amen. God bless you.